Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today's episode 802, and here we are moving into the new territory in the 800s. Yesterday was number one, and I went uh, off the reservation a little bit and talked a little bit about something that's happened to us, uh, COVID. So we attacked or attracted or participated in COVID and are just coming out of that. You know, it's funny. One of the things my uh, beautiful wife, business partner, and love of my life said was, um, you know, with some illnesses, like you get sick and then you, you know, you get better. And then there's days where you jump and you have a lot you know, a big improvement and stuff. And it's pretty funny because she uh, was describing exactly what I was feeling, which is, yeah, you know, 7 to 10% better every day with little dips, right? You know, and gradually on the upswing, but certainly not big leaps feeling better. That's uh, certainly what I've been experiencing. So we are on the mend. And uh, the next episode, I'm going to talk about some other learnings that we've had from this uh, unexpected experience with COVID. I still marvel that we avoided this for three and a half years. Like, as I record this, it's September of 2023. And this started in, you know, February, November of 19, but the lockdown started in March of uh, 2020. And so one, two, three, and then April, May, June, July, August, September, six months. So three and a half years, we avoided it. Now we got it. I'm sure the version that we have is who knows what version, X, Y, Z, but it's much, much milder than in the beginning. I mean, when people were being, you know, rushed to hospitals and stuffed on ventilators and all that. I know what that's like because in 2018, I was on life support for a month or three weeks. So anyway, I, I certainly have had my share, but it had nothing to do with COVID. Anyway, today I have a question for you. Who are you in one year? Now, I did a couple of other episodes. I did an episode, who did you used to be, right? That was 798. And then 799 is who are you now? And this is not a trick question. It's who are you in one year? Uh, there's something really interesting about this whole dichotomy of creating anything. Some people say, well, there's no destination. You don't have to create anything. All you have to do is be from day to day. And that's one view. I think it's a limiting view um, because if you think about, you know, God, creation. Now, this picture behind me is a little weird. I had it on one of, created by one of those art sites that creates, you know, pictures. And I can't remember the prompt that I put in, but it was something about creating the universe. And so I had a whole bunch of pictures of things that looked like creating suns and stars and planets and everything. And then there's an individual in the middle that has a very nondescript face that presumably is the creator. <clears throat> so if there's nothing to do, why does an orange tree grow? 
why does water flow to the sea to evaporate and go through the water cycle? Why do kids grow up? Why do animals grow up and grow old? Growth and development is the natural order of stuff. If you're not growing, you're decaying, period. I know that because I've had that experience so much. When I was in a coma in 2018, uh, I read a statistic afterwards that said you lose 2 or else 3% of your muscle mass per day in a, you know, sedated like that. Well, I think I was in a coma for 17 days. That's 51% of my muscle mass. Well, you know what? When I came out of that, I knew it. I couldn't get out of bed. I had to move my legs off the bed the first time. I couldn't stand up. After I did my first fledgling walk, after I was out of the coma, I was clutching at something that looked like a tackling, a padded tackling dummy, except it had wheels, out of breath, just taking one step. And I walked to the door of the ICU room I was in, a distance of maybe seven or eight feet or 10 feet. And back to the bed, and I was just ready to collapse. And my physical therapist, he wouldn't have any of it. He said, no, 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 you got to sit in the chair for 10 minutes. That was heroic effort. I hurt so bad. And the second day, I had to sit there for 30 minutes. Oh, that was hard. But my cheerleader and my coach, Joy, she was next to me, and she wouldn't let me give up until it was done. But that was tough. So decay is a natural thing. I mean, it was happening in spades. I had decayed considerably. When I regained consciousness and began with the guidance of coaches and experts and therapists to grow my body back just a little, that was growth. So the idea that there's nothing to do and nowhere to be and nothing to accomplish is nonsense. The yearning inside of you wants to grow. It wants to do stuff. Now, the, the place I completely agree with this, there's nothing to do, is we have an enormous false sense of coolness. We have a doctrine in our society, at least in the Western world, maybe less so in other it is less so in other societies, but in Western Europe, Canada, the U.S., we have a doctrine that growth means more stuff, more status, more coolness. Ooh, look at me. Well, in that context, I agree. There's nowhere to go. You're already good. You're already a divine being. You're already a creating master. Now, you may or may not have learned how to use the levers, but your mind, your spirit, your intelligence has the ability to move the levers of creation, just like this picture behind me, and create things. Now, we don't yet have the, you and I, we individually, we don't have the ability to just wave our hands and create some things, create life or create a planet or whatever. We don't have that yet. The levers of creation are not ours. And we're playing in the laboratory as fast as we can and dabbling around at that. But that purview remains firmly in the realm of the divine. But you do have the levers of creation. And the question is, what are you creating? Not because you're trying to achieve status, not because you're trying to prove something, not because you're trying to flaunt some wealth around just to prove that you have it, la-di-da, none of that. Set all that aside, because that's part of the 
poison religion that kills us all. And that is the religion that has a couple, more than two parts, but two of them are the religion of comparison. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, happiness comes not in having a thing, but in having more of it than the next person. What a disease. I have health. I'm not happy unless I have better health than you do. What a stupidity. All right, so we're going to throw all that out, and I'm going to completely agree there's nowhere to go and there's no goals. In the context of comparison, in the context of trying to prove something, in the context of trying to make myself feel good, throw all that out. When you throw all that out, there is still a yearning to grow. There is a yearning to create. It is innate in the spiritual nature of our being. We have a yearning to understand and to be curious and to discover and then to do things with that discovery, not just know how it works. Oh, I get it now. Okay, I'm done with that. That might happen with a few things, but with most things, we want to do something with that knowledge. Now, in addition to being a creator, a divine being, an infinitely capable person, you are that, we're given some other pieces that guide that creation work. Some of those pieces are we are built to love and serve each other. We naturally want to help. Kids love and they share and you see the innocence of that and we all marvel at it. Well, you know what? We're built to love and serve each other. Our body releases oxytocin and other good feel-good neurotransmitters when we're in community service. And when you've spent a day, you know, building a habitat for humanity, you're going on a food drive, working in a soup kitchen, nobody has to say anything. You just feel good. Feel like you did something good that was in alignment with the nature of your true self. Well, you did. That's why you feel that. You don't have to have any socializing or anything. We feel good when we do good. Abraham Lincoln said that. When I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. That's probably a paraphrase, but he said something like that. And the answer is we're built that way on purpose. So the question before us today is who are you in a year? Well, I don't know about you, where you are in your life. Some, at some points in my life, I've lived the same year or some version of the year over and over again. I did that when I had a job. I always wanted more money and more promotions and, you know, to do a good job there. But it, at the end of the years, it just felt almost like the same year it happened. The, the details, the events were slightly different, but, you know, it was the same year over and over again. The relationship, same year over and over again, if I was lucky. Usually, my failures in relationships meant that it was worse. It deteriorated year to year. It got less. It got sour, kind of like me in a coma. Well, there's some parallels there. It got that way because I was in a spiritual coma. I was not doing anything with the innate gifts and talents and capability that I have. Now, those of you that know the three principles, mind, consciousness, thought, actually the creator called it divine mind, divine consciousness, and divine thought. And the word divine is not a triviality. It is a recognition of the overpowering 
greatness and grandness of those true things. You are a divine being. You are connected to the divine everything. You know, and the representation of this individual as the creator is just a representation. But I happen to have met the creator when I died in 2018. I died, and I was at the door between this world and the next, the door between life and eternity. And I met the creator there and got asked, do you want to come home? And in that conversation, I made a choice to stay. And I'm not going to talk about that experience now, not because you can't know. You can know anything you want. It's in a book called Meeting God at the Door. Conversations, choices, and commitments of an ear-death experience. And I flatlined. I actually died. And I had three conversations. You can read about details there. But the point is, the, the desire to stay was a desire to create more, to do more with the opportunities that I already had and the ones that I came to understand during those three conversations and standing in the holy presence of almighty love and capability and possibility. What I learned from that also is that the divine is anxious and able to give us all that we can have all that we can use, but several conditions apply. And they're not because God's a greedy jerk. We have to want it. And by, I, by that, I don't mean, well, sure, would love, yeah, I want to have this. I want to have health. I want to have money. No, we have to really desire it in a way that is to be used for good. I want money so I can make a bunch of people miserable and so I can just indulge all kinds of craziness. I've been there. That is not what the Creator intended for our divine being. Now, consciousness, so the divine mind is the infinite power of everything. Consciousness is our ability to be self-aware, to realize that we are here, and this is a poor explanation. And thought, the third one, is literally our creative power to take of the divine consciousness, divine mind, in our own consciousness and with our thinking, create stuff. Now, most of those creations are not buildings, temporal realities. Like, I don't think this mouse into existence. But some of those things are physical realities. We can create with our words and our thoughts and our desires. And here's why. The thread is not difficult. I think about something. I think about it a lot. I focus. Then I move to take some action. My actions start processes that try and fail and do things, and then I create stuff. In addition to that obvious path of creation, there is some divine stuff behind the scenes. Some magic, some touching of celestial or heavenly or divine levers that we don't understand just by our speaking, our intention, and our will. That exists also. I know because I've seen that take place, but I'm not the only one that talks about it. Thoreau wrote, you know, when one endeavors to live the life he's imagined, he passes an invisible boundary. New laws come into effect. I'm paraphrasing. But what he said is when you firmly move in a direction, unexplained stuff happens. Well, that's tapping into this 
divinity, this divine power that's represented in this picture here. There's stuff that we don't understand. And we do know, we learn, I said this before, proof doesn't create truth. So sometimes we access truth, the truth of power of creation, without even knowing exactly how that happened. Well, I'm grateful. I don't need to know all the mechanics of walking before I learn to walk. I don't need to know the mechanics of computer programming to use my computer gear to create music. But I, I know it's true and it works and it produces things. So the question I started with is, who are you in a year, is a serious thing. It's not about some BS idea of, I'm going to just set some goals that I'm going to fail at. And yeah, you know, in a year, it sure would be nice if. I'm not talking about those things. What I'd like to encourage you to do is your version of what I do, which is think the question, of the question this way. What am I willing to create? What am I willing to pour my thought energy? I call it your T-A-L beam, time, attention, and love. My time, attention, and love, what am I going to pour that in? Because wherever you direct your power, it grows. If you direct your power in kindness toward a person, a relationship develops. If you direct your power into learning, you read something and study and work, your skill develops. If you direct your ability into self-improvement, you become more expansive and a better person. And because of your nature, we're drawn to love and serve each other. Another thing that we are is heliotropic. Heliotropic is a big fancy word that means we're attracted to light. Now, you've all seen plants that grow crooked to get to more sunlight. I had a great big potted cactus in a zillion-pound pot of earth in the backyard in Phoenix. And over the years we lived there, the cactus grew... And it went crooked because it was on the back porch under a bit of an overhang. And so it grew crooked so that it could have more hours, minutes and hours of sunshine. But we've all seen that amoebas migrate across a Petri dish toward the source of light. You are heliotropic. So am I. We are attracted to light. Light is love. Light is power. Light is divine. Light is that divine mind. The divine mind isn't darkness. It isn't anger. It isn't negativity. It's light. It's love. It's growth. It's power. Sometimes people talk about that universal consciousness as if it's amoral, indifferent, doesn't matter. That's nonsense. That universal mind is very loving. It is very growth-oriented. It is very personal. Okay? It's not a big amorphous blob. It knows your name. And that's why I say person, he, she, he knows your name. I had that experience by standing in the presence, and I knew that individual knew who I was. Kellen knew me. He knew what I'd been through and what I'd struggled with and everything else. So I started yesterday redoing my road to 50 million. I did them for about 250 days in a row, and then I took part of the summer off. Get a few. I'm starting again because my year ends October the 14th. I'll tell you what I'm going to be. Who am I going to be in a year? Who I'm going to be in a year is a person that's just a few weeks, three or four weeks short of completing another year on this road series. And the number is going to be bigger than 50 million. I'm not going to announce it right now, but I will on October 14th. 
That's who I'm going to be, one thing. I'm going to be a person who's achieved a new goal that's a lot bigger than the $50 million. I'm going to be a person who has a lot more product, music that I create, and books that I write, and coaching programs, and empowerment tools, and all that. That's who I'm going to be. I'm already that person in my mind. I see it. I know it. I feel it. I breathe it. And I'm creating it. My plans are in place. Now, the universe might intervene. I might get sick. You know, I just told you we just had, we just had COVID. So that derailed everything for a couple of weeks and felt like, yeah, not good, right? But I'm, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70% back today. 70 or maybe 80. Ooh, on a good hour. So I want you to think about who are you in one year? I am the alchemist. I am alchemy. Lover of people, healer of souls, magnifier of prosperity in the largest, most expansive sense. Because I say so and I work on that. Growth is the natural state of things. And if we don't grow, we rot. Now, what I'd like to do for the last uh, part of today's episode is talk about some tools that you can use to access and direct your growth over the next year. The first part, we've been talking about your invincibility, your divinity, your capability. I don't care what's happened before. I don't care how sick you've been, how hurt you've been, how broke you've been. It doesn't matter. You can set your direction right now, and in a year, you can be the person who has made 365 steps in the direction you declare. They might be little, they might be big. Trees grow rings every year. In bad years, they're thin. In good years, and good and bad is usually moisture-related. Sometimes there's fires and other things involved, but, you know, the thicker rings. You can count the age of a tree, but you can also see what kind of environment it's been in by the thickness and, you know, the vibrancy of the rings. So... Your opportunity is to have 365 steps forward. It's your call. You can do whatever you want. So let me give you some ideas. One is how you set your goals. You can set goals that are crappy. People do that a lot on New Year's, New Year's, right? New Year's resolution. Well, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. By March, I'm going to weigh 90 pounds less. And, you know, I'm going to have a million dollars by September, and I'm going to have my relationship fixed, or I'm going to find the love of my dreams by uh, July 3rd. And then, and, and there's nothing wrong with those goals. Nothing wrong with making a million dollars. Nothing wrong with losing 90 pounds. I did that once. When I was in my late 30s, I was nearly 100 pounds overweight, and I lost 90. It took several months, but I did it the hard way. No drugs, no programs, just workout, martial arts. I lost it all and got fabulously in shape. So I understand that. And many of these goals I've done... And that's why I know who I'm going to be a year from now. So anyway, the first thing you do is to decide who you're going to be and how you decide. It's so important. If you decide in a whimsical, power, powerless way, well, I'm going to do this, and you don't put any frame and you don't put any power to it, it's not going to serve you well. It's going to be like New Year's resolutions that we've all done in a week or a day or a week or a month. They're gone, well... Oh, yeah, and then we find that sheet, and it's useless. Visions, goals that mean something are powerful and motivating. When you read them out loud, they make you weep and 
bleed with yearning and desire. So if you're going to lose 90 pounds, here's my goal then. I'm not going to be the dad who's so fat and out of shape he can't play with his kids, can't roll around on the front yard, can't do this, can't do that. I'm not going to be that guy. And so it had a goal of weight, but more importantly, it had an emotional goal attached to the fact that I had young children at the time. You know, second, third, fourth grade, getting older. I'm going to be the dad who's in shape, capable, can run around and play with the kids, go play sports and do that. I'm going to. Why? Because I said so. The vision in my mind was of playing and doing and active, not uh, can't, tired, broken. So for me, that was a, a framing mechanism, and I played that movie over and over again in my mind. Now, there's a product that I saw many years ago called Mind Movies, and all it is is a set of pictures that you put in a little video to see yourself in those activities. I've got a client right now that's expert at creating pictures, not of just your desired state, but of you in your desired state. It is so cool. Anyway, so create a goal that is vibrant and powerful and real. Okay, and this goes for any individual goal. So if you're thinking about who am I a year from now, well, you decide. Nobody else is going to decide for you. You're going to decide or it ain't happening. Vibrant, powerful, and real, because you said so. Now, I needed the reason because of the kids. That helped me do that. That was 30 years ago, my late 30s, and I'm 67. I'll be 68 in December. So the goals that I have now are I'm going to have reached a much larger goal in terms of an audience Not because I'm going to pat me and say I've talked to a bunch of people, but because I want to love you and encourage you and help you realize you have these levers of creation. And why in the world would you settle for mediocrity when you can have anything you want? You're free to do that. You can argue for your limitations. You can live any way you want to. But why would you do that when you have the world, the universe at your fingertips? Just like this picture right here, a star in his hand. Creation of a star. So you can do that. But we need to start with smaller things. I needed to start with 98, 90 pounds. Okay? So your opportunity is to set those goals in a way that's powerful and meaningful. Now, the next piece is after you set one or two or three, don't set 100, a couple of three goals that you can keep vibrant, is you need to take the vision and create an action plan around it. So one of the things that people often do, especially people that are online and they're trying to make a living online and they sell things or have stores or affiliate marketing or coaching or whatever it is, they want to make a bunch of money. They hate their job and they want to, or they lost their job and they want to create a way to make a living doing what they love. I support that. I love it. You can do it. But you can't do it without a plan. You can't do it without figuring out what are the steps? You know, I, I, one of the things that really bothers me about all this online marketing crap is the number of people that say, oh, you can do this in five minutes. Chat GPT will solve everything. You can go from broke to rich overnight. I saw some ad the other day that said, follow my thingy, whatever it is. I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want to diss anybody individually, but it was garbage. 
And you'll make $100,000 in your first X. Baloney. Baloney, right? The system may have been sound, but creating the expectation that everything is download and double-click is a lie, and it creates this disappointing feeling or the feeling that, well, it would have worked, but somehow you suck. So when I think about the goal that I have of reaching a certain size audience and have a, having a certain amount of music done and having certain books published, I have three books for 2024 that are on the books. <laughs> books on the books. Hmm. I have those planned. I'm so excited. In order to turn these into reality, you got to have a plan. And the plan needs to not just be some general statements. It needs to be broken down by specifics. Now, I have a tool for you if you want it. It's called the results equation. And it's a very specific, detailed process to help you achieve. Excuse me. Organize and achieve any goal you want. On Amazon, the results equation. Get it. It'll help you. Create a vision, create the plan, and take the actions. Or if you don't want to use that one, use a different one. But you got to have a plan. And you got to have actions. And you need accountability. Nobody's very good at holding themselves accountable. We make excuses and we argue for our limitations. So get into an accountability framework. Get a coach. I love it. I love being coached and I love being one. But get the help you need. Why? So you can get to the thing you say you're going to have or be in a year. Now, the last piece of this is you got to have compassion and fun. Nobody wants to live a life that's a flippant drudge every day. Blah, blah, blah. Who wants to do that? That sucks. So don't. When you fall or fail, which you will, have some compassion. Love yourself. There I go being human again. But that's not an excuse to quit because don't follow that with, and therefore I suck and therefore I can't and therefore this is wrong and all the rest of that nonsense. No, I fell down. I failed. This week got bad. I got ill. Stuff got in the way. I lost motivation for a minute. Where are my vision statements? Where's that picture? Where's my set of goals that make me weep? I'm recommitting right here, right now. So have some compassion and get those things in place. It's one of the things I love most about coaching is helping people create and then live true to those things because you can have the money, the happiness and joy you want, but you got to build a path and you got to take the actions. And the last little piece is make sure you have fun because if you keep in mind what you're creating, who you're going to be in a year, that vision for me excites me all the time and I jump up and down literally every day, fly up and down the stairs to this office and that studio and everything. Why? Because I'm excited about what we're creating. Love it. Love you. You are great. You are divine. I invite you. www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. Go there. Check out the results equation or don't. Do you want to live this last year over again? Or do you want to live a breakthrough year just because you said so? The levers are in your hand. I love you. I support you. I know you can do this. Anything you want. If I can help you, reach out so you can enjoy every minute. 
as you create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on the ground.